0: and welcome to the 139th episode of lake of rage pokemon trading card game podcast i'm your host as always kevin clementi aka mellow underscore magikarp i'm joined today by a very special temporary guest host joining us for the second time we have the melbourne regional champion and the current number one player in terms of championship points in the world brent Tonneson. brent how are you doing today
1: not too bad. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing pretty well. So I'm curious because you're going after the number one spot in the world. Are you ready to defend at UIC already?
1: Well, actually, where I need to start defending is I need to start getting cup plays. <laughs> what people don't know is everyone else is already at six. I've barely got three. I've got first, first, and top eight. That's it. So we still have a lot to come, like a lot to gain with the cups. So st- I think I can hold going into EUIC. Not sure about after EUIC, but I'm hoping for a good run. Are
0: you going to stay home long enough to go to cups?
1: Yeah, but There's no cups at home. That's the issue. <laughs> I've, I've only missed half my cups, I think. I think I've attended two and missed two <laughs> in my state. And I've traveled to two interstate cups.
0: That sounds actually incredibly annoying to have to like have a place that has so little Pokemon.
1: Yeah, but it's fine because I have like seven hundred points from regionals now. <laughs> <laughs> My
0: so if you're not familiar with the name Brent Tonneson, you really should be after this season. Brent is an Australian player, which is hard to believe when you consider that you have been to uh regionals in every single major rating zone. You've definitely been to NA. You've been to EU. Have you been to anything in Latam besides LAIC yet?
1: No. I wanted to make Sao Paulo work, but it was a week to early.
0: Okay, okay. So, you know, that's it's slacking a little bit there. You only have a handful of NA and a handful of EU tournaments, but we're glad you're here because you just won, I guess a couple of weeks ago, the Melbourne Regional Championships, which was the week after you got second place in, it was Liverpool, correct? Yes. And both times with Giratina V-Star, which is a deck that has gone from oh this deck is pure trash no one should play it into one of the most respected decks in the game and i'm hoping you're going to sell us on why giratine is broken right
1: uh maybe yeah. i can maybe sell it, Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I think it is it, i think it's the best deck in format without a doubt
0: so we'll get to that one in a second but first we're going to do some rapid strike questions and we're going to talk about brent's list a little bit and then the matchup so brent We're going to ask you as many questions as we can in 60 seconds, and you're going to answer them with no explanation, just so we can get to know you a little bit better. Are you ready?
1: Um, I think so. I guess I'll be ready. (laughs) That's the spirit. Let's go. All
0: right. Question number one. Spring or fall? Spring. What's your favorite breakfast food? Cereal. Favorite retro format to play? Um... Oh God! Twenty seventh day. What? What's your favorite deck of all time? Bessie Plume. Would you rather go to the bottom of the ocean or space? Space. Who would be your starter Pokemon? I'm sorry, I cut out for that. But... Who would be your starter Pokemon? Uh, Tadwick. Watch a comedy or a drama? Comedy. Toppings on your perfect pizza? Uh, some kind of meat. Uh, cheese. What color sleeves do you use?
1: Black usually.
0: Do you prefer cats or dogs? Dogs. Juniper, Sycamore, Oak, Rowan, or Magnolia? Juniper. What is your favorite subject in school?
1: Uh, I guess math.
0: What was your favorite region in a Pokemon game?
1: Juniper. That is
0: time. So you got through 13 questions. That's pretty darn good. Gotta...
1: Yeah, I mean some of them probably not the right answers.
0: But... <laughs> the cool thing is, no one knows except you what the right answers are, so I'm gonna say that's okay. Yep. I do want to jump back to you though. You said your favorite deck of all time was Plume. So when I think of the decks you've played, I'm thinking of the Australian Mewtwo and Mew tag team or tag call engine list, which was, you know, a very both aggro and tutor based build and then you played a lot of guardy and now you're playing a lot of tina and i know there's other stuff in there but those are like what my mind goes to none of the three of those decks are anything near desi plume which is just go into vile plume and then go into decidui and lock your opponent out of the game so why is desi plume your favorite deck of all time
1: okay so what you describe out doesn't know how the deck works half the time that's the like good case. <laughs> Most of the games, it's, like, I draw a pass for, like, the first six turns using Shaman's Skyrim turn looping. And then, finally, on, like, the fourth turn, I, I get set up or whatever. Then I get my Desties out, I get my Plume out, I end them, and I destroy them. I hollow hunt, and then I, and then I set up later.
0: So it does have that kind of guardy uh, <laughs> of do, doing nothing for a while?
1: So I think it's more, like, tainted than it is, like, guardy. Because you don't really have the. I mean, you have like some level of draw engine, but it's not as strong as Gardevoir. Mm -hmm. You have the ability to be really fast like Tina, and you have like your N item lock plus all the Desi's, destroy all their attackers, is very much like, you know, Countercatcher, Star Requiem, Path, Roxanne.
0: I'm actually. I was not expecting you to convince me that the deck is like Giratina V Star, but I think you just successfully did.
1: I could probably convince you any deck is like any other deck.
0: I mean, heck, if you know the deck well enough and you know the inner workings of it, I mean, that checks out, right? Like, you've played way more Desiplume and Giratina than I have.
1: <laughs> I haven't played that much Plume actually. It was just really, like, that was just one of my fondest memories ever coming there.
0: So anyway, uh, people are here to talk about Giratina, right? I don't want to bore people with, uh, well, a lot of people like the retro stuff, but we're talking about Giratina V-Star. So I have your list pulled up from Melbourne because I'm going to assume that is I the... Pull it off. <laughs> I barely know what it is. You... Oh, god, you're going to tell me you want a regional while Barry No, I'm, I'm kidding. Okay. I'm
1: kidding. <laughs> I, 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 knew, I knew what I was doing.
0: I was going to say, you're going to have to sell me on how that one worked out for you. Um, anyway, so I'm going to assume that the Melbourne list was the one you were a little more fond of than the Liverpool list. Craig, like, did you like those choices, the changes that you made between the two?
1: Yeah, I mean, I used to be like, oh, I don't want to run Poggy because it's, like, a bad card. But <laughs> I'm like, okay, this card's pretty good. Like, I, there, were, there were definitely many times where I hit it, I'll just, I'll play it, hit the chorus, and then have, I mean, it wasn't as much the choruses, I guess, as, like, the late-game Roxanne's or bosses. But, like, I do underrate it, like, how likely it is to actually see a supporter. Like, often, like, after, like, especially if I go first, the odds that my Pokégear gives me a chorus is so high, because I go Comfy, 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 Ninja, Comfy, Comfy. By then, I've seen, like, ten cards or something Mm -hmm. extra, and now I know that my chorus has quite good odds of actually seeing something. I mean, my Pokégear.
0: Okay, so gear is, like, and I think this is important because I've seen Tina players use them incorrectly a lot. Gear is, like, the last thing you're using. After you're using concealed cards and flower selecting when you're looking for a supporter, correct?
1: Yes. Perfect.
0: So you like the two gears. These are not cut yeah. spots.
1: I mean, you could, but <laughs> I, I would probably. I mean, consistency is really important, though. Like, it, it really is. Like, I know that I can manage with less consistency, but, but I do think the consistency does help
0: quite a bit this podcast is sponsored by tc evolutions tc evolutions offers the finest quality crafted damage counters ability use markers and v star markers out there so if you're looking to beat your opponents in style be sure to check out tcevolutions.com and use code lake 10 for 10 percent off your order anyway back to the show Are you looking for Temporal Forces or do you want to go shiny hunting with some Paldean Fates? Well, be sure to check out TabletopVillage.com and use code Mellow5 to get 5% off your order for Temporal Forces, Paldean Fates, or any other product, sleeve, etc. that you are looking for. Not only does it support the podcast and you get some good cards, but you are helping out a family-owned Pokemon-first business as well. Again, TabletopVillage.com, code Mellow, and the number 5, M-E-L-L-O-W, and the number 5. Anyway, back to the show. And I think when looking at the list, it definitely seems like you are someone who values consistency. Everything is a 4 or a 2 of, with the exception of uh, 3 Pokemon. One of them is Radiant Greninja. And then obviously the Energies are energy cards but uh one of the things that you're not the first person to do this there's one Sableye eye in this list how are you getting away with one Sableye eye in a deck
1: this was the thing that I was scared of but I mean the odds that you really see it with something that that high I guess mm-hmm and you don't need to attack with it more than twice in any game. And the games you need to attack with it twice, they don't really have disruption.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like the Now, sometimes you need to eye twice against them. But I just hold the Nest Ball, Super Rod, and Mirage Gate. And then I eye. And then I Sableye when they're at like four prizes. If they take it out, I'll just go Rod, Nest Ball, Mirage Gate, Roxanne, take my two prizes, and then win the game next turn.
0: Okay. So Sableye is one where, like, people who are, and this is my thinking, which might have been your thinking before you actually played it, of, like, Lost Zone decks need to Sableye. It's like, in the games where you actually need it, it's not as big of a deal that you only have one because you can recycle it over and over again and things, not over and over, recycle it once and you're totally fine.
1: Yeah, well, in general, I, I think it's not even that common you need to use it twice anymore. Usually mm-hmm. you only need to use it once in a game.
0: Okay. Is the Cramorant about that same, like, you use it once and then you're done with it kind of deal? Why there's only one?
1: I mean, sometimes use it twice, but usually by the time you need the second one, you have the time to do it later. And if they take out your Cramorant as your first attack, you can just use Giratina. If -hmm. they take that out,
0: you just Roxanne immediately. Okay, that makes sense. And then the supporters. There's two Boss and two Roxanne. And then I guess we can count two countercatchers in there since we're going to talk about boss. You know, four Gust cards. I don't, I'm i not going to say it feels heavy, but we've seen Giratina lists running less before. We've seen Giratina lists occasionally running a 1-1 Iona Roxanne split or things like that. So where did you get the 2-2 boss countercatcher? Why is that there? Why is the two Roxanne there?
1: It's mostly because I want to be able to reliably do the countercatcher play when I need it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like if I'm playing from behind, I'm going to play from behind. If I'm playing from ahead, I'm going to play from ahead. Mm-hmm. And that's like really it. And like the big part with the two countercatches, like I don't think you would ever really use two countercatches in a game. But you rarely even use two boss in a game. It's more so you have two, so you have access to one. And it's not like it's not like Sableye where even with the one, at least it's searchable. So you have way more outs to see it.
0: Okay. That makes sense. So I guess we're going to talk about the matchups in a little bit, but one thing I always struggled with Giratina was knowing like when to play from ahead and when to play from behind. So are there any like matchups or things where you're like, I always want to be behind in this thing? Or if you can get ahead, are you going to consistently want to push that advantage and push to be ahead?
1: Okay, so it is really interesting. So there are essentially such... Search- in a lot of games. Mm-hmm. So, in the mirror, when you go into Roxanne, there are certain conditions that need to be met to be in a good position if you are getting Roxanne. Mm-hmm. So, so, in games like that, you need to make sure that you can afford to be ahead. And it's kind of the same against Gardevoir as well. You can't just, like, you can't just cram run immediately and then get iono and they just go around it and you just lose. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not going to work. So you have to have certain conditions met to go ahead in games.
0: Okay when you say certain conditions, is this going to be like, I need this many Giratina set up, or like, I need energy on them, I need this many comb fees. Like, what do you, exactly do you mean by conditions?
1: Yeah, roughly that. Okay. You basically need to have almost all the resources ready to have your remaining attackers for the game to win the game, assuming that the Roxanne is probably only going to net you something as little as maybe a boss, if you've got like your gears left and you've got some switching cards with comfies.
0: Mm-hmm. So is that then, is Giratina like that mindset, kind of a, you're building to play off the board for the late game? Is that kind of where we're going with this?
1: Um, can you please yeah.
0: that? So is Giratina type of deck where you're just spending the early game to build a board to play off the board for the rest of the late game?
1: Yeah, for the most part, it is roughly like that. Okay. And it's often getting, you know, like two Tina V stars in the late game or something like that. Or, like, a Tina V Star and a Sableye, or Tina V Star and Greninja. You can kind of set up some checkmates sometimes in mirror matches Mm -hmm. for the Roxanne.
0: Another question on this list is the four switch carts, no switch, no escape ropes, so no way to actually retreat the Giratina V Star. And, you know, no rope is something we've started to see a little more frequently, but why four switch carts is your only non jet energy pivots?
1: Well, I thought it was. So originally. I saw it in things like Conti, and I'm like... And I saw that... And, like, and it, back then, as well, though, it also kind of made more sense because there was more Turbo loss, mm-hmm. where Karts really did push yourself even further. So then in going into this format, I wasn't sure if that was correct anymore because I'm like, well, we don't really have those Turbo Lost decks using Sableye as much. But then now I find with things like the Mirror Match... Um, when it gets to four and four and prizes, mm-hmm. a lot of the time it's pretty hard to see the boss, or you may have lost a boss to the loss turn anyway already. So if you boss the Giratina, then you don't have a way to boss another Giratina, and they can do plays like Greninja or Sableye. So what ends up happening is a lot of the time you end up doing a play like Sableye to set up for two turns of prizes, and then you would just have you would Sableye the next turn, take your two prizes, have two Tinas on the bench So mm-hmm. For them, it's like, oh well, you can KO one of my Tinas. I'll just respond with the other Tina. Okay. And if with things like that, what ends up happening is, if you're the person the turn behind with the Sable, I play, you're gonna need switch cards. Mm-hmm. If you can get like what you need, like two to get out. Well, it depends on the thing, right? I I think usually if you have like one Comfy and like Crammer, it's well, that's more than two, right? It's, it's Comfy and Greninja that you need two. But sometimes you need three. Mm-hmm. I know I pulled off three against my opponent in top eight. And He lost the deck out because of that. Three in that a single, Funny.
0: In a single turn, just like switch card, switch card, switch card to heal the damage, or
1: no, no, like it was over time. He was setting up for a four turn prize turn because I ran out of chorus, so he had to, so he had to not let me get the uh the Roxan, I think, because he didn't want me to draw the cards. Mm-hmm. So I was like, really, so it wasn't that I was out of chorus. So I just didn't have it in hand. But I think he. He was just very worried about the Roxanne. So he, he tried to set up the four-turn play. Yeah. And I was also, like, out of boss, so I couldn't do anything to his um, other Pokemon. And then I got pretty lucky, because cause he did... Well, I got... Uh, actually, I don't know if I got lucky, because I bossed his Giratina, and that stole the turn from Sableye. And then I got chorus into Jet, into Switch card or whatever. Yeah. And survived. It was pretty cool.
0: It's one of those outs where it's like... Oh, I got lucky, and then it's like, well, actually, you were playing to your outs the whole time, and it's yeah. like, you were rewarded for properly playing to it, right?
1: Oh, I think I misplayed that game. Know, <laughs> so, so it's like, I don't think we were meant to be in that position. I just made a mistake.
0: I mean, that is good to hear, though. Like, even the best players in the game are still like, Oh yeah, I definitely I definitely threw and had to clean up my mess a little bit, right?
1: In that tournament, I would say that my opponents played better than me in almost every game of Top Gun.
0: Okay, to go just got to go away from the list, yeah, do you actually, like, think, like, oh, things were not going well for me? Not not going well, that's maybe the wrong way, because things were actually going very well for you. Uh, like, oh, I'm playing very terribly here, and I'm just getting bailed out by RNG right now. Is that, like, really every single round? Not every single round, but, like, 8-4 no. and okay. finals.
1: In in Top Cut, yeah. it was almost every single game. <laughs> like, I'm not exaggerating with that. It, like, all my players basically played better than me in those top card games. Like that being said, I think almost every round of Swiss I played very well. Mm-hmm. So, like, I deserve to be in top card, without a doubt. Yeah. But there was definitely some games that in top cut where I was just getting lucky. <laughs> Including two donks, by the way. Or one donk plus one turn to win.
0: As in you were donking them? Yes, in... Okay, we take those.
1: It's second Australian cut in a row where I just started destroying my opponent within the first two turns. I think, yeah, last two tournaments, I've won five top cut games within the first two turns.
0: That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I thought everyone always said Giratina's supposed to be the deck that's bricking and getting donked, and here you are just like, nah, I never whiff.
1: Okay, uh, half my opponents are on Giratina as well. So... <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, but usually
1: it's the mirror matches when I'm winning <laughs>
0: I assume it was just a very basic Kramer and Donk and not like a... Yeah. Just play all it the cards Mirage Gate and win.
1: Yeah, after like top 8, game 1, I got lucky to win because I didn't put myself in the best position when I went to Roxanne. Mm-hmm. Game 2, I lost a really close game. I think he was just ahead. I don't remember there was much else I could do. Game 3, he went draw fast with Kramer, and I offered beat VIP, Coleris. <laughs>
0: I mean, when you got it, you got it. The deck is the deck is built to be consistent, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, not really, but it does <laughs> help that we don't have that many Pokemon. So the odds that we open Comfy are pretty high.
0: Yeah, actually, that's yeah, something. To... As you mentioned, that is that. where a
1: lot of the consistency comes in.
0: So we have four Comfies, of course, right? And then three, four, five other Pokemon. So statistically, that's almost a 50-50, Because
1: no, no, it's way three. more. Than
0: oh, there's six. Never mind. Okay. <laughs>
1: It's more than 50-50. I'm pretty sure it's close to the 60.
0: But to start Comfy? Yeah. Oh, wait, that's I actually... I think it's like
1: 56, maybe. I mean, you have the, uh, the draw cap on Limitless. You can plug it in for just Comfy. That's... And I'm pretty sure it is somewhere... Okay, it's 54%.
0: Okay, so it's above 50. That's yeah. pretty noticeably, right? Like, that's an yes. extra 1 and out then of 20 you games.
1: Also have the, the Greninja opening, which also can be good. That makes it like 60, and then if you open Tina going second, you can abyss seeking <laughs> draw passing nearly as often as people are thinking,
0: yeah. Because there's really only two starters that are potentially draw passing, which is Sableye and Crameray, right?
1: Yeah, and the rest of them are drawing cards.
0: That's all right, and you know, you're unfortunately selling me on the deck, which is not, <laughs> it's not what I wanted. <laughs> Um, another thing before we talk about matchup stuff, in the deck list, you're doing the two water energies. Now, I was always a big hater of this. I was like, that's, that's bait. Like, you're never going to pull off the Moonlight Shuriken with two water energies. So I know you're going to tell me, yes, you do. But do you think a third water energy is a helpful one? Or are you like, no, nah, no, nah, two is plenty. It does exactly what you need to. Like, why two waters?
1: Hey, well, I've played ten or three events. Twice with three waters, once with two waters now. I think the event that I ran to was the one I used shirking the most.
0: <laughs> how? Is that just like a variance kind of thing? Okay. Or?
1: okay, so you don't, when you do with two waters, how you approach it is you mm-hmm. don't look at it as one Mirage Gate, you look at it as two Mirage Gates. Okay. So what you do is you go gate, water, water to ninja, grass to Tina, gate, water to ninja, psychic to Tina, jet on the ninja, and use ninja, and have the Tina powered up. So that's what you do when you have that. Mm-hmm. It means you are less likely to get it early and of course you have like prizing chances, but but that's just how you pull it off. It's not really It's not really like, oh I need to have one water in hand mm-hmm. plus the switch cut plus the the gate. It's just way easier to have two gates. It's kinda of like using Iron Hands in the um in the lost toolbox decks. It's like the same idea.
0: Yeah, it's another I have two prizer and I need to commit a lot of resources in this case, the double mirage gate and all those yeah. energies.
1: Yeah. But the nice thing about using the two gates is that you can do that and then have like a Tina V e style with a psychic and a grass on the bench.
0: Mm-hmm. And so that becomes because my follow up question was going to be how do you kind of determine the I'm spending too many resources on my Greninja and not going to have enough for the rest? But is this the way you mitigate that by just doing the exact thing that you mentioned of the two? and then 1-1, one, one, and then attach from hand or whatever, you know, to get the other one on there. Is that how you mitigate the two mirage gate usage?
1: Yeah, for the most part, that's exactly what you do.
0: Okay, so for anyone listening who's like, and talking to myself here, <laughs> it's like, the Greninja is just like so resource intensive, I feel like I'm never using this thing. It's really about setting up that play of, like, yeah, I'm going to use two mirage gates, but I'm also going to get my Tina powered up, so it's totally fine.
1: Yeah, I mean, sometimes you will just do it with, like, the one gate, or you will have to retreat as well, and you just end up using a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. If you do that, though, you really have to make sure it's worth it. Like, against Garda, you're taking out two refinement colors, that's pretty good. Like, I'm taking that trade. Yeah. But but against... I mean, against the mirror, sometimes it's just not correct, actually. Like, you do risk things, like, you do it, and they just go, like, countercatcher Roxanne, then strand something active... KO, like, two things, the Sableye, mm-hmm. and then you just fall apart.
0: So it's really about the, okay, well, what is this opponent's deck going to do to me in the following turn? And am I going to get completely destroyed yeah. by this?
1: Yeah, you need to make sure you have a follow-up to Greninja. If you're just using Greninja and you're not doing anything, you may as well just take two attacks with less resource intensive
0: attackers. And I think that goes back to one of the very first things you said, which is, like... Everything you do with this deck is about making sure you have the follow-ups ready to go.
1: Yeah, or as likely to get. Sure. Like sometimes you have to just risk it and, you know, hope you get it, but you can put yourself in the position to at least get it as often as possible. Or you you know, when you're when you have a chance of being ready, you may as well be ready.
0: And then I think the last thing that stands out to me, and of course isn't the Charizard player in me who has to ask about this. Uh you've gone for four path over three path of the peak. Is there a reason for choosing four as your number?
1: I go first. I hit path more often. Easy.
0: <laughs> Which <laughs> matchups are you? Obviously Charizard, right? But like, what other matchups are you trying to hit? Those turn one path. Meridon um, right Moon. I have oh won yeah. the same
1: number of games. I guess and Moon <laughs> path on one. It's not even funny.
0: I assume. All right, so I'm trying to I'm trying to think of the matchups. Maraidon can't tandem unit, so they're I mean, they just kind of scoop on the spot, I assume, right?
1: Yeah, if they don't have Bump, they just lose immediately. It's same as Roaring Moon.
0: Because Moon needs the... I mean, the Moltres E-Switch, yeah, so Path is incredibly powerful in that one as well.
1: Yes. And, I mean, against, like, Arceus, so that's not that big of a deal. And against, like, Urshifu as well, the Papa one.
0: Mm-hmm. Have you considered... And then
1: against Mew. Of course, big one against Mew.
0: That's was going to be the next thing, but there's no Spirit Tomb in this list. Are the paths enough for the Mew, and then I guess Moon technically, because it shuts off the Galarian Moltres V as well. Like, is Tomb something where you're like, uh, it would have been cool, and I got lucky not to hit the Mews, or you're just like, eh, it's not a real deck right now, it's fine.
1: Okay, well, I know, I know what to do against them, but Tomb definitely like, makes it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. I think you do have like, some kind of issue where but you still need a setup to actually get the turn play. Like if I only get so like the games at Liverpool I only got like one comfy at most mm-hmm. against all, all four games against them. I didn't see a single VIP or Nesbol on turn one in all four games. Keep that in mind. Okay. So it's like if I read two I don't even think it helped enough there because I didn't even see this. I, like, I didn't even get search cards. So it's like it, it definitely does help against that. Like it definitely helps enough against Mute to justify fight, like, like, it would definitely improve that matchup mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much it improves Moon considering the bench base you are sacrificing bench base you do have that one less path and you also have a slightly higher chance of, like, not opening comfy or something and then just breaking so I don't know where the actual stats are for that mm-hmm. I don't really care at that point <laughs> I just want to play the consistent list. I know I play the game, I know my game plan. And and so I'm not really going to worry about if it's slightly better or worse if I know my own game plan already.
0: That makes sense. The, you have a very clear line in your head, right, for the Mew matchup or whatever other matchup. You're like, I'm going to execute this every single time and take advantage of them not knowing what I'm going to do or they're going to make a mistake somewhere or they're going to miss something or something, right?
1: I mean yeah, there's always things like especially like Mew is a deck that it doesn't function as smoothly as people would think it does, let's just say. What if like it- there are some games where it runs really well, but there mm-hmm. are a lot of games where you end up losing things like your power tablets early, or you burn way too many other resources just trying to set up early because you didn't like you just hit like ultra balls as you set up. Mm-hmm. Or you don't even set up early sometimes. Like that deck sometimes just doesn't get the Pokemon on turn one. And then when you have things like path and you force them to maybe use the seal stone for the vacuum instead of the VIP, Mm -hmm. you get some really awkward hands. And like the game's not actually without having something like Spiritune.
0: And I assume it's also in the Mew matchup is they play what, three path of their own? So you're suddenly like, all right, now you have extra dead cards in a matchup in a deck that has to get rid of their cards in order to draw the three power tablets or whatever they need to take a KO, right?
1: yeah and then that's where of course they just play the raw loss vacuum remove the, the path from hand get rid of my path i'm like man that really helps you know but it did accelerate my loss though so so we are getting somewhere
0: closer to star requiem now this is exactly what i wanted
1: <laughs> this is all part of the plan
0: <laughs> the 5d chess right now so i also i want to talk about some of the matchups but are there any other things for the list that you're like, this is very relevant for Tina or this is very necessary. Or you just kind of like, yeah, it's a generic Tina list. It's fine.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've seen like what Todd played recently and someone also got top 32 mm-hmm. with the same list, which is just the water of the countercatcher. Like, I feel like the 59 is literally just cut the countercatcher and you can work for, and then just have the four switching cards. Mm-hmm. That's like the 59 that okay. I would work with. Like, of course, you can also go three path, one term. I think four path is better but um, I mean I might be wrong it's very hard to run the calcs like as I said are you a big Do You kind of just play what you have prepared to play with honestly
0: are you a big calc person because like obviously you're immediately like no no no. I know that does uh, comfy starting math are you someone who's going to run these numbers all the time as opposed to going by going by feel <laughs> for example
1: um calcs are like way too hard in this game because the issue is like there's way too many variables in this game that currently we just cannot make the calcs for things so like one thing that i really like is i just simplify my decks because i'm Mm -hmm. like well i can't run the calcs i'm just going to play the simpler deck strategy and then i'm just going to execute it as well as i can
0: that makes sense it's yeah it's less about i'm trying to think of a way to word this in a non-tina way but like the tina way is really the easiest of like i am just going to do the thing every single game i'm not going to over tech with a manaphy or something like that because it's like okay what are the odds i hit a matchup where i need manaphy and i hit the manaphy on the turn i need it and it's not going to say lose to a sable on its own anyway right is that the same kind yeah. of logic
1: yeah about this i'm just going to do the same thing every <laughs> single game i'm just going to execute my plan see how it goes
0: i love i love that i'm gonna i'm gonna take that one with me for sure is like uh you know be be positive of that i'm gonna set up i'm gonna do the thing and then. It should work, hopefully.
1: (laughs) I mean, hopefully. And it's worked at some events.
0: So I want to talk about the matchups a little bit as well. Now, you did give us a little bit into the tina Mirror match, although I want to dive into that one uh, first, I guess, and then we'll go into some of the other meta matchups. So... Tina Mir match, you've mentioned the general play around Roxanne as one of the things that you can do and the Greninja, depending on kind of where you're at in the prize mapping and the board state, maybe not always the best play, and you also mentioned the uh, Sableye to spread as the way to play around the Roxanne but are there any other things in the Tina Mir match that you've kind of noticed as like this is the move like this is correct to do here
1: Okay, so I mean it's not as much of what is correct as what is correct to not do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, that also works. <laughs> so
1: you gotta so you got, you got work from like what you don't wanna do. It's like something that is sometimes unavoidable is you, you kinda of don't wanna give them that first pina you know, when you abyss and then just get impacted immediately. That's kind of not the best play. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's unavoidable and sometimes it works out. But if possible, we'll start by trying to avoid that. So we can consider on that turn that we are busy and we could be like okay well what if we want to just sit with the comfy instead mm-hmm. and they cram rent or something because if they cram rent our comfy, now we can um, now we can just start throwing a two prize in the active and now if they kill it they go into rock sand rage so now that can get kind of annoying
2: mm-hmm.
1: so if you, yeah, if you can convince them to take a single prize then now we can convince them to get the rock sand earlier and, and so you have things like that have games where it's like, you know, both players are just gonna be like, no, no, I don't wanna take anything. I'll take out your Tina when I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, well now I'm just gonna save a lot instead and set up easy two, t- two prize turns because I don't have the resources to kill your Kiratina yet. And yeah, usually in the mirror, usually the main thing you wanna do is you wanna be taking prizes two at a time though.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you don't- if not, you wanna be doing things like one prize, one prize, two prize, two prize.
0: You want to avoid the the one two or I guess probably two yes. one as another. You, uh, should...
1: you just want to delay the Roxanne, and you don't want to get through. You don't want to have to get two heroes after Roxanne usually. Okay, I and mean, sometimes that can be the situation though. If you if you have like a really good odds of seeing boss, and you set up Cram and sabine the in the back, and you're using your Tinas as your front attackers, mm-hmm. that can sometimes work out. Okay, but but no, that's in that case the situation there is you still got your prize map realistically Mm -hmm. from post roxanne which is really the most important thing you just need to make sure it's realistic to see what you need to see post roxanne to win the game
0: so it sounds like the prize map in the mirror match is like it sounds like it's on a whole other level compared to any of the other matchups i've heard of of like you know you have to know exactly what you're going to do to close out a game and what resources are needed
1: yeah, it's well, it's very different from a lot of these aggro two prize decks. Which is like two prize, or two prize, two prize, two prize. It's like you do get situations where it's like two prize, and they go, "Ah, oh, Roxanne," and you're like, "Oh, I didn't get the response to the two prize. I lose."
0: I mean, are you really gonna put down the moon mirror match here?
1: A moon mirror match. I mean, look, I haven't played that mirror match. Don't. I'm guessing it's. Don't. <laughs> I'm guessing it's not as skillful as
0: a, a Tina mirror match it's no it's it's just to say it's bad don't play it it's bad okay um so uh, giratina mirror match you mentioned it's like okay it's about what not to do is that something you consider for all of giratina's things just because every game is so different you're like well i know these things don't work so i'm gonna avoid them and then i'm gonna do the best thing of the options i have is that like a viable strategy for playing giratina
1: I mean, it's kind of hard to say, because... Because usually in most matchups, you... Like, things that aren't, like, the mirror, you actually have clearer things to do a lot of the time. Okay. Except Gardevoir. Gardevoir, I think, is more complicated than the mirror match, possibly. Oh, right, that gets a little bit fun.
0: Do we even but, want... But, like,
1: against things like Mute, it's like, ideally, I'm just gonna sit behind Confies, because if they boss, they don't judge. hmm So, I'm better off going Comfy, 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 Tina, Tina on the bench. Or whatever. And then getting the v size out, and then attacking with those things. Mm-hmm. Things like attacking with cramps so that they have to use tablets to psychic leap, or if they don't psychic leap, I can win over two turns. Mm-hmm. Or you can look at doing Sableye life for that if you get there in time to do that. And you got to be looking at things like like that. And you got to be looking at ways to burn their power tablets. You're looking at ways to force them to use boss instead of judge because you don't want them disrupting your hand mm-hmm. because you can Build pretty decent hands, especially after like chorus and some fast like things. Your hand gets pretty solid, and you don't want them going off oh, judge and caring Tina That's not very good. Hope is seeking if possible.
0: So it sounds like it's one of those matchups where you know sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, I need them not to boss this thing, but sometimes you're going to be like, well, actually, I'm going to set up a board that's going to make them really want to boss me because I would much rather have that than a judge. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing is. If the coffee's in the active, if they judge me, they only take one prize card. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing. So I've essentially gained a turn. Yeah. Like I've yeah I've essentially gained a turn in exchange for losing my hand there. But that's a pretty good exchange. Yeah. I'm just gonna keep using coffee, and then we're good to go. So you kind of want to trap them there between that decision between judge and boss. You don't want to give them the best of both worlds, which is the abyss seeking. Which like yeah, a seeking into judge plus like belt or tablet KO.
0: Yeah, that makes a l- that like that makes perfect sense to me. Of like you can't you can't win when they judge you if you're also going to be giving them the two 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 prize map presumably.
1: Yeah. I'm giving them the boss and the judge, which is not good.
0: While we're on the Mew match, is there anything else besides the general? <laughs> Comfy is the good thing to shove in the active until you're ready to do it.
1: Be looking at sometimes just using cram to poke them you as I said because mm-hmm. then they have to psychically yeah um, to heal or they can lose in two turns which is also not very good for them and look at taking like a three two two map where you can just like hit like the cram run with it and then use the save light to take out a genetic later mm-hmm. and then have like a v star plus a lost impact play like that also can work that makes sense. I'm, Honestly, not entirely sure if I meant like if I have the option to like counter capture and cram on a genocide, I'm not entirely sure yet if I am meant to do that or just attack a Mew active mm-hmm. if it's a pretty standard situation where, you know, both of us have set up. Honestly, no clue yet. I've ju- I have not solved that yet, <laughs> but, but people don't need to know that. So the- I, know, I know how I'm playing it. I know how perfectly what I'm doing.
0: So the official Brent response is uh, do what's in your heart. At those situations,
1: and <laughs> sometimes that is, how, that is how it goes.
0: Uh, the next matchup that I want to talk about purely for selfish reasons is the Charizard matchup. So, Charizard is still the number one most played deck, even though its success has been uh, pretty much bad. If you remove every Japanese player from the past three tournaments, it has made like one top cut. So, what do you do in the Charizard matchup to make it apparently so favorable for Giratina?
1: Okay, so you've got to be looking at the different kinds of prize maps. Mm-hmm. So, one of the prize maps is rent on the Charizard, plus Lost Impact, and then V Star, one of the other Charizards, and then KOing the Pidgeot or Rotom, or whatever's left. Mm-hmm. That's one of the prize maps.
0: Okay, traditional 222. So, two,
1: two. Yes. So, some things to note on this prize map is you want to give yourself as much time as possible to do this. Mm-hmm. So, one of the big things with that is when you take your first two prize cards don't have a Giratina V just lying on the bench to get uh, a that is on like full health. Mm -hmm. If there's going to be a Giratina V on the bench, at least have it have already 180 damage. At least have used an Abyss Seeking, converted it Mm -hmm. in some way, and then get your other Tinas down. So usually one trick I would say is if you're going to use Abyss Seeking, play down three Teens. Because you get one that gets damaged and then you evolve the other two, take your two prize cards, and what are they doing? Usually, they don't have the resources to just pull out Char- um, radiant Charizard.
0: No, yeah, that's they,
1: they, <laughs> that's a lot. And like, even if they do, they don't run belt and vitality, so you can technically just K okay, your other Tina.
2: Hmm.
1: yeah, and then you'll kill their Zard, and they shouldn't have the resource to get a third Zard because after using the radiant plus the Charizard plus I've already would have killed a Charizard, so that's like three. Charizard's already, they're not going to get like, they're not going to get the ninth energy, like the eighth and ninth energy in play on the other Charizard. Not realistically.
0: Presumably, not with Path, Roxanne, you know, that type of stuff, right? Like, yeah, that checks out.
1: Yeah, you have way too much disruption for them to often get all the attacks. So if they go for the Radiant Charizard, you're not trying to take a six price card map, you're just trying to run them out of attackers. Whereas, which they rarely ever pull that off really early, though, yeah, when they pull out off weight, usually you just have a option to get a gust for the win, so you should be looking at that instead.
0: in the Charizard matchup, then, would you say it's like, yes, you are a disruption deck, but you really are about I'm going to punch you as much as I can, and this path is just to buy me an extra turn to set up a board right? Is it like the most aggro matchup for Tina? Just like, I'm just going to go punch, 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 punch.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you have a lot of tools to buy your time, but you can't exactly just punch, punch, punch a lot of the time, because they, they just throw like random one prize in the active. They don't even get two prizes down yet because you path brick them or something. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, if I take this carry here on this Charmander, they go Candy, Zard, or Candy, Pidgeot, Candy, Zard, belts or whatever, kill my Tina. Like, sometimes you have to be careful with taking your single prize chaos. I mean, usually it's relatively safe if they don't have a two-prizer for you to just take out a single-prizer. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to do that, try to make sure you can get some V-stars out, because even if they get the care on, your, on like, one of your Vs, which would be, like, a miracle, then if you have some V-stars out, then you could still just start poking with the Charizard or whatever, and then just start taking some chaos again.
0: So when you mentioned the, like, you know, two 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 and that kind of stuff. You alluded to it there, but I want to the Crammerant KO, the very tempting one prize Cramorant KO. Mm-hmm. That is a like if you're bricking, if this, sorry, not you as the Tina, but if the Charizard is bricking under the path, then that's a valid strategy versus the don't just aggro the Cram hit in other situations.
1: Yeah. So usually you want to Cram hit when that board is going to be very weak and by it's like if that's the only Pidgey that's going down mm-hmm. or the only Charmander that's going down that thing is going down
0: <laughs> checks out yeah
1: <laughs> if it's if it's like they have a really wide board they have a decent hands likely they're gonna have some kind of follow-up
2: mm-hmm.
1: things like oh maybe i can abyss seeking maybe i can retreat and pass into a comfy wait for them to evolve and then go cram right next turn get my v stars out and then go with my consistent prize mapping because I know my consistent prize mapping works if I get it set up so if I have the ability to get it set up why would I not take it
0: okay that that checks out for sure and I'm thinking of the matchups where I've lost versus one as charizard and it does it's a, it's a lot scarier when they just sit back and abyss seeking for a little while
1: yeah it definitely can be and then they get like the, the v stars out and you don't even get the KO on them when you t- uh, like you don't even get the care on it when they take the one prize card, and then you're just sad.
0: The next matchup I want to mention is the new kid on the block, essentially Roaring Moon. So this is one where I've heard, well,
1: like it was old if it came back.
0: I mean, it, LaIC, right? It was the fourth most played deck.
1: Yeah. Well, it was the most played deck in the online tournaments yeah. leading up to LaIC, and then what happened was. That got released online with, like, some Japanese player. Mm-hmm. Which is basically just the work of Gardevoir list that I came up with, except <laughs> they put in Avery's later because, they're like, oh, this is pretty good at the moment. Everyone's got all these Manaphys and Jirachis and things in play. I'm just going to Avery them. And then Screentail or Countercatcher. So that was, like, the new development. And then the issue was that since Gardevoir flipped the Champow matchup at the time, mm-hmm. then what ended up happening is that Gardevoir became a bigger meta share. as a result of flipping the Champow matchup from... by online statistics. So then everyone brought Gardevoir to LAIC, which at the time, with what the Moons were doing, and it's still to this day, Gardevoir still beats Moon. Sure should. And when Gardevoir was that dominant, Moon just got completely obliterated. Just got completely kicked out of the meta. It was a deck that was roughly 50-50 into most things. So... Playing 50-50 into most things and then having, like, a terrible matchup as well mm-hmm. against, like, the most common deck is just not a winning recipe. It just simply isn't.
0: So I'm curious about, Moon's come back, and you've already given us a little bit of the, the preview to why, which I'm curious then, since we're here. Uh, Guardi is seeing a little more success. Do you think the Moon's going to start to flop again, or is it still going to be, like, oh, this thing's pretty good?
1: Okay, so I think there is a big cycle here. So if Gardi keeps coming back, we're gonna be reverting back to what it looks like at LAIC. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, what's gonna happen is people are gonna stop swapping from Moon to Maraudon. Because once Guardi becomes common enough that you can start playing Maraidon with its favorite into Mm Gardi. Because keep in mind, Moridon's weakness is the Zard matchup. Mm -hmm. So so you have to compensate. Um, like Moon has the worst Guardi matchup, it has the better Zard. It's not the best. It also got the better Tina matchup, mm-hmm. so so people are, are just going to be on moon. But I think if Guardi gets too popular, because Guardi's like the more moon there is, the best deck Guardi becomes. It just simply becomes the best deck in format. Mm-hmm. So people are just going to be like, It is time to play Maraidon again because I'm trying to beat these guardable players, and we might start seeing that. Mm-hmm that then everyone's gonna swap from guardi to zard and then everyone's gonna go back to things like tina because like well tina's pretty good in <laughs> and then and people are like well i don't want to play tina i want i want to play a deck like moon because it's like pretty decent of the tina some people might play moon again but i think obviously we don't have enough events to see a full cycle yeah like that anymore so it's more so where on the cycle does it end and like where, where will it live when you're playing your given event
0: i absolutely love how you just mapped out this whole format that people have said is too long <laughs> but it's it's had this beautiful cycle that you just put out there and it's it's great i love it
1: yeah i mean it's kind of funny that the meta now looks way closer to laic than it did like like in the middle of the format
0: Turns out we were right all along. Who knew?
1: <laughs> yeah, all changes. Everyone was right. Um. Anyway. Except Jakey Hart. Apparently Iron Hands is mid now. But it just won with Chen Pao, So maybe it's not mid. It just won again.
0: It's, it won so, LAIC. It just won yeah, in a different list.
1: Yeah. yeah, but it fell off. It fell off really hard. And now it's coming back.
0: It's back because Gardy's back.
1: Finally, yeah. Finally Chen Pao won with Iron Hands. The deck that Jakey Hart said was broken. Maybe he was right all along. <laughs> maybe.
0: I refuse to give Gearheart credit. So, let's let's talk about the Moon matchup real quick. I've heard many things. It uh, just kind of depends on who's talking about it, right? The Moon players are like, no, no, no you destroy Tina. Tina players are uh, kind of the opposite of like, no, 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 it's, it's fine. It's winnable. How do you beat Roaring Moon? This thing that can KO your Vs so early, and you know the matchup. How do you beat it?
1: I don't know if I know as well as I should. It is... I mean, it is kind of close. And I definitely do know, like things like Greninja can really go a long way, especially if they have the booster. As if they get the booster and they take the 200, then you can use Ninja, mm-hmm. do damage on like the Squawk, pick off the Squawk later. Like one of the big things is really getting out the V stars and not giving them the easy cares on the V's as possible. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, getting like two Giratina V star uh, or V's out, and then if they kill one then you just go v-star on the other one you're like no, nah, we're not benching the third one we're, we're, we're packing up we're not giving them the 3-2 prize cards and you're like you're gonna have to get to this v-star though and then you know maybe they kill the v-star and you're like oh I'll just Greninja mm-hmm. so when usually so Tina has the advantage in the prize mapping for the most part but Tina doesn't get everything at once in time very yeah. often so I mean the big part is kind of just Trying to get as close to that and just playing, you know, playing your things like your path, just trying to stall time to try and get the things that you need. And yeah, one thing I do like doing is like just using, like if I can squawk early just to get the later and, and then get the V star out just to get the later KO on the squawk if they have to, because I know they have to get through the roaring moon. Mm-hmm. Dishes, if they get, if they can pull it off with a roaring moon with the jelly, then it's really bad for me. But usually they have to pull it off with one with a capsule on it, so if that, if that's the case then if I have the follow up Greninja then I'm in a good spot.
0: Okay. That,
1: so it's not that bad.
0: I mean the ninja line makes a lot of sense, right? Because then you're a single prize deck again.
1: Yeah. And yeah, you're... we swapped to being actual Lost Box.
0: I mean when they're going to just... put 200 on yeah. themselves, like, why not? Yeah, <laughs> They just gave you yeah, two I turns of Sable. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's two times to stable it.
0: Uh the next one I wanted to mention is of course Guard of War. So you mentioned I forget if it was on the podcast or before the podcast, or you're like, this is actually probably the most <laughs> difficult or the most like intricate. So I'm sure the answer is it depends. But do you have anything for the Gardevoir War matchup besides a Roxanne path, of course, right?
1: Okay, so what you're doing as Tina is you're trying to board build, except you're not board building on your side, you're board building on your opponent's side. So we're going to be Greninja stuck in play, Celebration you Screen pale. we're getting everything that isn't a Gardevoir, Curlier, mm-hmm. or Rolls. We're trying to put that on our opponent's side of the board. We're going to try and make <laughs> like the goal here is to because, unfortunately, the thing is. The bench space is what really matters because, like, if you keep killing these cars and rocks, they just keep respawning. <laughs> like, 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 it, it, like it, it's how it works. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you take them out, another two come out. Like, like they, just, they just respawn like crazy. So, what you're trying to do is you're trying to do things like, oh, I got a lot in the lost zone, You should probably bench that Manaphy. And they bench that fee. And then you're like, it's like you might do something like attack with the Giratina and you shred. And it's like, well, if you take too much damage to do something, maybe you don't want to lose to Sableye. And they're like, you might want to bench Jirachi. So, so you want to give them situations where they're trying to bench things that are not the God of War line mm-hmm. And then you're looking at things like, oh, well, look, you only have the one curlier in play. I'm just going to... And then you're, the late game goal here is going to be Roxanne Path, except... The difference is that you have three Pokemon that aren't even doing anything here. Like your Jirachi there, like it's cool and all, but but like you still you still gotta draw like the boss or whatever you need to win the game mm-hmm. and the stadium out. And now you don't have this curlier, you have like the one arcana, you have the EX, you have nothing else, your odds of hitting it aren't that good. And so you're really actually just trying to restrict their board to win the game in the late game.
0: Okay, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Actually, I love the ways. It's board building for Giratina, but then you're board deconstructing, I
2: guess.
1: Yeah, you're board deconstructing for that. Uh, you do board build yourself as well. Like, sometimes you're like, up, now I want to use the cram, I want to get the Sableye. You do have to board build for yourself as well, because you need to keep getting attacks at something, because like, sometimes with the ironers, they iron you and just look just looking like, oh, well, I'm not doing anything. It's definitely scary when you attack with Cram and they like, I don't know, and use, like, press or something, and then that's, like, when you have a serious risk of not being able to do something. And that's usually where Shred is really good.
0: So is that one of the few matchups where, like, Shred is, like, a very viable, like, this is an attack I want to use? Maybe not like, oh, I have to use it, but like, no, this is, this is fine, I'm gonna go Shred them.
1: Well, I mean, there's many matchups I'm using my Shreds. I love my Shreds. (laughs) Against, like, like, a lot of the Lost Zone decks, I'm going to be Shredding so I can use Switch cards on my tainus.
0: Oh, that's, okay. So it's also in the matchups where, I mean, that makes perfect sense, right? Keeping the V is good, you can retain the Energies, and you're able to heal off a Cram Hit or Sableye or whatever. It's
1: an efficient attacker. It's a really efficient attacker. (laughs) I'm going to be using Shred in a lot of matchups, especially if there are not five prizes. And what are they going to do about it? They take their prize card, I'm immediately going to go evolve second Tina, Mirage Gate, Sand, Pa, destroy <laughs> their active, and they're going to have to deal with that.
0: So one of the things for Tina, sounds like, is really trying to feed them the three prize turn.
1: Yep, that's a big one. <laughs> it's a real big one in Tina.
0: So that makes perfect sense, right? You're like, it's part of your strategy is, so there's like so many layers in this, I love it. It's like, okay, I'm building my board, I'm building my loss zone, and I'm trying to. It's not bait, I guess, technically, but you're trying to bait your opponent into, like, oh yeah, you did three, go to three prizes. Yeah, oh, it's, here you go. This nice, juicy Tina, right? And then you're like, haha, sucker.
1: Yeah, yeah and then they're like, now Crest Around is like, okay, but I didn't need to use any energies this time to use my attack. Mm-hmm. And now because of that, I'm actually just going to win the prize race instead now. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna take out your crest. Set up my team of V star. Boss your uh, EX to turn later, and just get really far ahead in the prizes instead. So if you if you're playing slow, I'm gonna play fast. If you're playing fast, I'm gonna punish you for playing fast.
0: Okay, so it's really about kind of evaluating the situation and then yeah. doing whatever your opponent doesn't want you to do. You're not gonna play their game. You're gonna play your game.
1: Well, excellent. The goal is you basically have two different games. You're gonna force them to play either one, and you're still gonna try and win regardless of which game they play.
0: and then as we're nearing the end brent i'm gonna ask you the hardest question so far outside of the original question which is which time zone are you in
1: oh okay i'm in sydney right now (laughs) i don't know i don't know if that's daylight time i think it's daylight time the issue is i I never know what the sydney time zone is (laughs) i don't know
0: It's, it's just home time it's fine
1: yeah it's home time it could be an hour forward an hour behind i don't know
0: But Brent, if you had one piece of advice for Giratina players, either someone who's just picking up the deck or someone who's maybe not getting the results they want, one piece of advice for Giratina V-Star, what would it be?
1: Oh, this is so complicated. It's (laughs) like, with it's so hard to give one exact advice.
0: Or maybe more than one.
1: Well, I would say like, well, I mean, the, the biggest advice I would give for most people has to be, you have to value drawing as much cards as possible. Mm-hmm. And with Tina, it's the same. Like, you really do need to value um, how many cards you're drawing so you can start executing similar game plans as often as possible. Because, like, that's, in Pokemon, that's the only real way to consistently get a lot of your game plans, So just keep drawing cards. In some decks, you have a lot of search, but for the most part... Keep drawing cards, and then start figuring, figuring out what game plans you need to do against it. Mm-hmm. And so if you're learning how to draw a lot of cards, then you can start doing those game plans consistently.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And <laughs> it's just, the more cards you see, the more you can actually do things.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's why, like, in Guardi, you just keep drawing a lot of cards, so you can do the same thing over and over again.
0: Or the inverse, if you're trying to beat Guardi you get rid of the things that draw the cards, so they can't do it. Yes,
1: exactly. That's that's how you beat the decks, as well. <laughs> like, well, they, they need to draw cards to do what they want, so I'm just going to stop them from drawing cards.
0: I mean, it's a valid strategy, right? It beats Guardi. That's the whole reason DTE Mew is allowed to function, is because that's what it does. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the, deck's, the deck is, like, the... Uh, like, that is the definition of just drawing a lot of cards. Like, it's very weak in terms of its power level, but... It just throws random disruption at you, draws a lot of cards, consistently does what it needs to do.
0: Brent, if the people want more information from you, if they want uh, any coaching, any sponsors you have, where can people find more information from you?
1: Um, so I have a Twitter, twitter.com slash wet underscore goose. That's just my I, alias. I also do um coaching I have on Metafy and Calendly, but you can also see that through my Twitter profile. (laughs) So for the most part, if you just look at my Twitter profile, you should be able to see everything.
0: I cannot recommend enough a very simple DM of "Hey Brent. Do you want to be on the podcast turned into a ton of very good advice for myself and how I should be preparing for uh, Vancouver regionals. So I cannot recommend Brent enough for anyone who's looking for getting that edge in like preparation or getting how like how do you prepare for a tournament? I think you are your mindset is great and i highly recommend for anyone who's looking for that type of coaching other coaching too but for sure 100 percent. i think that stuff is really 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 good myself uh twitch twitter and youtube at mellow underscore magicarp. be sure to rate and review the show check out tc evolutions check out tabletop village and this has been another episode of the lake of rage podcast we'll catch you all next week